Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Black Social Capital Podcast. Hey, hey. We know that you missed us. I'm really excited to kick off today's show. We are talking about our money mindset today and uh, how we keep track of our dollars and our dollar bill story. So we know that uh, cash rules everything around us. Cream. Got to get the money. Dollar, 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 dollar bill, so as we hop into this whole conversation, one of the things that we want to talk about really is, one, our money mindset and where it started and then where we are on our journeys right now. So I'm going to kick it over to Dr. Jackie. And she can share a little bit where you started, where you're going, where your money's going towards. Okay, well, I'm definitely headed towards that million dollar mark to start. And then I want more than that. but. Let's 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 start from the beginning. So I would say my investment journey started when I worked for this company that did not offer retirement right after I got my master's program. And my dad was like, you need to get started investing for retirement. Do not wait. Don't get out your 20s without at least getting something started. And I said, all right, all right, all right. I like that because I wanted to spend all my money because I was trying to be fly out there in LA. But so I listened to my daddy and I got an IRA and I made contributions every month. But then I got a job at the UC system and they did offer retirement. So I stopped with the IRA, especially because I took a bit of a pay cut to go work for the UC system. But I mean, that's another conversation. And then I finished grad school. Like I got the doctorate. I was all done. There were no more books to read for school. So I picked up a book called A Beginner's Guide to Investing, uh, this dude named Alex Frey. And that got me really in the mindset of what I needed to do to retire comfortably, but also to figure out like my short-term investment goals, like car, house, or stuff like that, like more short-term stuff. So then I got involved with the investment club around that same time that I was reading my book. And then we'll talk all about that investment club a little bit later, I'm sure. But then I'm going to keep pushing forward. Dr. Theo, I was watching him try out these investment apps like Digit was the first one. Then it was Acorns then it was Capital. So I was like interested just to kind of see what those were. So I went and watched YouTube videos to figure out what was best for me. A little bit later on, this is all in like maybe a five-year span. My daddy was telling me to invest in precious metals like gold and silver forever. So I finally took him up on that. Not took him up on that, but I just like looked into it. And the investment club stuff was going really well. So I decided to be even more brave after I had been learning about stock investing for a while. And I started my own brokerage. I opened my own brokerage account. So it's called a stock brokerage account. It's kind of like the store that you go to to buy stock. So it's like an online store kind of. So the first one I had was Capital One Investing. And then they got bought out by somebody. I can't remember. E-Trade. They got bought out by E-Trade and I didn't want it. So I just took all my stuff over to Robinhood and I started my own stock portfolio. And that is how all of the things got started in my portfolio, basically. Look, if y'all was listening like I am, Dr. Jackie done took four minutes and said all the things that I don't understand at all. <laughs> she said he popped out the gate, IRA, retirement. 
<laughs> issue with the brokerage. I'm like, I'm not broke. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. No. So let me rewind and tell my story because I think my story is like a lot of people as well. So if I go back and think about just money mindset, right? Like my thoughts around money is where you either have it or you don't. If you can pay for it, great. If you can't pay for it, borrow. That's my favorite thing, right? And so coming out of college, I had just got a, my first full-time job. I thought I was doing big things. I got me an overly priced apartment, found out that I couldn't afford it. Then I was like, oh, I need a roommate. So that's when I really started paying attention to all my funds for real, for real. Talking about, look, if we split this, then I can only, then I got the cable bill. You got the electricity bill. If you got the electricity bill, then I got something else. And so I did a little bit of that in college, but you know, when you got your job for the first time, you got all the bills now, right? And you're out into the real world. So that's when I really started paying attention. So my money uh, mindset was really based off of just my own house. And I really didn't start thinking about money that makes money for me until I launched one of my first small businesses, which was a multi-level marketing opportunity, right? Just another opportunity for you to hop into learning business skills, like selling things and and advertising so that people uh, can purchase, right? So I didn't really have a business mindset until that point. But I think my initial money mindset really came from looking at my own house, seeing if I had enough to have myself survive. And if I could survive, then I was doing good, right? I looked at the paperwork for retirement and I was like, oh, they said I should check this box. So I checked it and I started putting some stuff aside, but I wasn't the type of person that was looking at it every month or every every quarter. When people were talking about, this is my fiscal year, I was like, I don't know what that is, but it's January, right? And so I had a long way to go in terms of the, my money mindset. So um, I think once I started my uh, my business opportunities, it really taught me a lot of how to look at numbers more consistently. I mean, I think that that's one thing that really changed my mindset in terms of like how I want to look at money is that when you have any type of business, you have to consistently look at numbers. And so I I had to tell myself if I was looking at numbers for business, I also had to look at money for my personal self. And so that's when I really started looking at, well, what are the ways that I'm making money? If I can make money with stocks, how do I do that? I've heard about you know, these different investment accounts that Dr. Jackie was talking about. I was like, I don't know who Ira is. Who is Ira? <laughs> and so I don't even know who Roth. That sounds like a white dude. That's a Roth Ira. I, I don't know. So I started to study these things. I picked up books are amazing. You know, they have information in books. Okay, doctor. <laughs> you know, I picked up a couple of books and figured out what was going on on my balance sheet, right? And so I was able to really start to look at ways to make that happen. So I think right now I am better. As you mentioned, we have some commonalities in our money making uh, and the fact that we're in the investment club together. That club has also forced me to realize that everybody has a different money mindset as well, right? Uh, Learning 
uh, not only the basics of the stock market, but how to make it work for you. So in thinking about just the types of things that are in my portfolio right now for the things that I like to invest in, I like to invest in things that I already use uh, first and foremost, right? So one of the, the most basic things that I looked at initially when I was starting out investing was what are the names of the brands that are in my house? So I went into my refrigerator. I said, oh, this company makes soda. Can I invest in that? Is it publicly traded? If they were, I wrote it down, right? I looked at this piece of furniture in my house. It's really comfortable. I like it. I would recommend it to other people. Maybe I should have a little bit of ownership of that. And so I wrote those companies down. And so that was my initial list of like companies that I was interested in um, in terms of how to, to start, right? One of the things that I like about all these apps that are coming out to help people start their portfolio is that it makes it really accessible for you to have a platform to invest. But one of the things that I've learned after being in an investment club for about five years is that there are ways and reasons that one should invest and shouldn't invest. And right now I see myself as a a buy and hold investor holding out for the long term, right? So while there's ways to make money quickly, hopefully I'll be around for a long time and I can let my money double over time, maybe even triple if I make the right choices in my portfolio. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know how I used to select the stocks in your portfolio, but that's how I got started in mine. That is a good question. I will be honest that I have not been very like discerning of what stocks go in my portfolio because I'm in the investment club. So basically, if the investment club liked it and I liked it at the same time as the investment club, I would buy it. There were times when the investment club would buy stuff that I would be like, I don't think this is a good idea. So it wouldn't go in my personal portfolio. And there were times when I thought the investment club should buy some stuff and it ended up in my portfolio. And those have been pretty good decisions. Ooh, I'll tell you later, but I bought a stock and then I sold it. And then I just looked at it today and it like, it went from one, it grew seven times as much. I'm so sad. I sold it too early. My feelings are so hurt. <laughs> this is what we're talking about. So you gotta, My feelings are hurt. You got, you got to know when to buy and know when to sell. You right? do. It's experience. And you got to have these little heartbreaks along the way. I guess this is, we don't need to cut this or nothing. But yeah, you got to have these little heartbreaks along the way. Because my heart was so broken. I just looked at it today. And I was like, oh, man, I should have left my money in there. My money would have grew seven times in like four, five months. Ah. See? See? You got to know the skills, right? You do. So we've been gassing up the way that we use the investment club. Let's tell the people how an investment club even came about. Okay. Uh, let's go back to the very beginning. Because right now, somebody like an investment club or... I'm in the club. <laughs> I put 50 cent in the club. That's not the club we want. Mm-mm. But I can share a little bit about how I was introduced to the concept of an investment club. 
and how one even got started, right? So as I mentioned, I was part of a, a multi-level marketing company business, which opened my eyes to the opportunity to take a small piece of, of, of money, a small, some small coins, right? And flip it into something larger, right? And the idea around multi-level marketing, for the most part, is that you share the opportunity with others, that you all come up together, right? And so, as you all know, if you listen to the podcast for any amount of time, you know, our motto here is stay motivated and rise together. So I'm, I was always interested in doing stuff with people. I don't like doing things for the most part by myself. That's a whole other story, right? But I found that one of the suggestions in a book I was reading was to pull your money together, right? This concept of cooperative economics, right? You know, you're thinking about Kwanzaa when you get close to December, all of these buy black movements, it's all about doing things together as a community. And so I had mentioned this to one of my fraternity brothers and he said, oh, I'm part of this organization called Better Investing. They've been around 50 years. I've been a member with that organization for like three, four years. They have investment clubs. And at that point I was like, see, we ain't even friends. You've been holding out on me. You got mm-hmm. tools and resources and I didn't even know. All that education that they give to. All the education that they give. And so uh, if you go to betterinvesting.org, you'll see this organization uh, is a nonprofit organization. Their purpose is to educate people on the stock market using uh, some fundamental tools like parameters, right? And so with those tools and parameters, you learn how to watch the stock market, how to invest for yourself. But most importantly, they put together a network of clubs. So uh, usually groups of five or more people will come together as a club within this organization, Better Investing. And so everybody in the club would have access to these tools and resources and also pool their money to grow accounts. And so that's what we did uh, here in LA with a group of friends, including Dr. Jackie. Uh, We launched the Ujamaa Investment Club and we just turned five years old this past February. You had to launch in February because we was going to be extra, 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 blackity, 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 black. (laughs) So that's a little bit about just how the club came about. But Dr. Jackie has been the president. I've been the president. We've got some founding members Mm-hmm. that are across the world now. Yeah. And what's interesting is that we are starting in the living room in Los Angeles. And I feel like I'm the only one in Los Angeles left. You know, Dr. Jack is you in are. Oakland. We got a couple yep. of folks, I think, in Pasadena. We got other folks that are in Dubai and other places, but still able to invest in the system that we put forth five years ago. So it's really exciting. Yeah. So I just want to add a little bit to that. So Dr. Theo has a unique perspective because he had a previous like friendship with that one fraternity brother we have that introduced us to better investing. But I got introduced to this whole money mindset deal like through this game we were playing called cash flow. Did you talk about cash flow? I didn't talk about cash flow. Okay. So yes. Caveat, we're going to talk about 
this game called Cash Flow. Cash Flow One on One. It's a game that's similar to Monopoly, mm-hmm. but a little more detailed. It was created by Robert Kiyosaki. All I'm going to say about Robert Kiyosaki is that he has some good fundamentals. Just don't go read his Twitter. Yeah. You know, if you read his Twitter, you're going to go left real quick, right? But this is how we started based on this game to learn these money principles. And if you've never heard the name Robert Kiyosaki, you may have heard of the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It's a, one of the, the highest selling business books ever. But that's often a starter book for people learning to, to handle their money. And Robert Kiyosaki is the author. So he put together this game so that people could put together those principles from the book, put them into practice. And part of the game is to play the stock market along the way. Yes. So we were playing cash flow. And I was like, oh, this is how people flip their money and make money moves so that they can basically leave their jobs. Like, that's the point of the game is to leave the rat race and then you do some other stuff beyond that. But my mind kind of right now is like, how do I leave this rat race, right? And the rat race is basically your job. So we were playing the game and then our fraternity brother was like, Uh, Better investing exists and we can actually do this in real life. And if it hadn't have happened in that order, I never would have been ready. But it happened that I played cash flow and I understood what stock could do for a portfolio. I understood what real estate could do for a portfolio. And then he introduced better investing and I was like, bet, let's do it. Look, you better gamify that education. Exactly. I'll hear these nuggets out here. Gamify, gamify. Look it. So then we started exploring the investment club. And I visited a model club with Dr. Theo's wife. And we got introduced to how a club runs. And that was our first time meeting anybody from the Golden West chapter. So as Dr. Theo was saying, when you're part of a club, your club, everyone in like all the clubs in that region are part of a chapter, right? So we got introduced to the Golden West chapter through this one particular model club and they were so welcoming to us. They gave us all of their different paperworks that they were giving out in their meeting day so we could follow suit and They answered all our questions. And this is an organization that's been around for like 60 plus years, or I don't know how many years, like since the 1950s. So like 70 years, right? So they've been around a long time. And generally, when we participate in things that are outside of our club, not all the time, but generally we are interacting with people who are much older and a lot of them are also, you know, white. And I don't think that this club could have gotten a like a brighter reception. I don't think they we could have been welcomed any more than we were. They gave us all, like they were excited to see us and they gave us, they still try to give us all the like tips to the game, like game, like as we are learning stuff, they will come in every few years and be like, oh, okay, well, y'all got this. So now let's talk about this next level of like thought process around your investing and around your, your tax planning. And we're like, ooh, it is good. 
Better investing is dope. All right, let's take a break. Zora Neale Hurston said, those that don't got it can't show it. Those that got it can't hide it. Show that you got it with the merch we have in the Black Social Capital store. We've got statement tees, totes, and even a journal. I like to rock my scholar practitioner tee with the blazer. Visit our store at staymotivatedandrisetogether.com slash shop. All right, we're back. So what I'll say as an add-on, right? Our club is the Jama Investment Club. It is predominantly Black, right? But it's all people of color, which is amazing. I think the biggest or the, the greatest motivation that I had in meeting other clubs within Better Investing, which uh, Dr. Jackie said, which is, so it's a predominantly white institution. We'll just call it that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but what was great was that you could see like the level of understanding and you could compare it to the fact that you didn't have that understanding at all. And you could say, like, look, I don't have the knowledge they have yet, but I'm in the same space and place. And so I can soak it all up, which was great. And in terms of like the model clubs that were there, these clubs had been going strong for 20 years, Mm -hmm. 25 years, 30 years. So their collective portfolio was hitting that million dollar mark. It was. That that Dr. Jackie was talking about. And I was like, but then the questions that we had were, are you been around 25, 30 years? How much are you contributing each month as a person? $25 a month. And I was like, uh, I mean, I understand compounding, right? Where everything doubles as you add more. But if I want to get a milli, I'd rather get a milli with my friends all together than nobody have a milli. So uh, that got me motivated. So uh, again, stay motivated and rise together. And I mean, that was, we were just looking at their collective portfolios because again, they would be putting in 25, maybe 50 a month for them 20 years, doubling that money, doubling that money, tripling, quadrupling that money through good investments over the years. But what do they personal portfolios look like? Because if I'm, if I actually have a little change to invest, even if it's just an additional hundred here and there, like... What does my personal portfolio look like after them 20? I can't wait. I'm going to just ride on Dr. Jackie coattails. I hope she makes some good investments. Okay. I'm trying to get a free meal or two. You a mess. I just told you I messed up. Oh, I should have trusted. I, this is a lesson in entrusting yourself. This is why you got to start small and with money that like if you lose it, like you won't be so sad because I invested a little money. And I was like, this is a good investment. And then I was like, oh, it's not a good investment. So I sold it and I just got my money back. I didn't lose anything. I didn't gain anything. But I look today and that stock is seven times more than it was worth when I sold it. And my heart is broken. I didn't trust myself. I made a good decision. Oh. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing to think about too, right? Is, and I feel like I got closer to the mic. I did. Look at that. <laughs> about is important is that, you know, the stock market is a risk and everybody should understand that, right? And so Mm -hmm. when you're investing, you should be willing to lose all of what you invest because that's just the name of the game. You're not going to, it's not going to, it can go up, it can go down, right? Mm -hmm. That's why people are excited about cryptocurrency and all the different types of currency. 
that's a expanding field. The way that people get caught up in it is that they're not ready mm-hmm. to be in that place of risk, right? Any business is going to be a risk, right? If you open a restaurant, it's a risk, right? If you start a business, it's a risk, right? And you have to do certain things to make that risk pay off, right? Or to mitigate the risk in order for it to be successful over time, right? And so you should look at your own portfolio the same way, right? What's not risky is saving, right? Because saving, you take some money, you put it away, you don't look at it, right? So I think that that's a guarantee, right? But if you want to double your money, make it grow for you, these are ways that you can do that, but you have to be willing to have the risk associated with each type of opportunity that you participate in. I'm going to jump in and say saving is the riskiest thing you can do. Like if you are just putting your money in a bank account and you are just letting it sit there, like just don't expect to get rich off of that. Like the bank is giving you like less than inflation. You are losing money every year. Your money just sitting there. Look, I didn't say you was going to get rich. I just said it was going to be safe. You not. I just said it was going to be safe. That's- I mean, it's going to be the same number, but who wants that? Like, I'm putting my money somewhere. I want my money to do something. And I mean, that's where the education piece comes from. And one, I want to say it was um, when I was reading up on Warren Buffett specifically. It might have been Robert Kiyosaki too. I think they all basically say this, like, you pick the thing that you are interested in learning. Like it might be stocks, it might be crypto, right? But you need to really study it. You need to really understand it, which is why I'm spending years just on stocks. And I just told y'all, like I made a great decision this time last year. And then I got out of that investment after like six, eight months and Oh, I'm so mad. <laughs> it's just Dr. Jackie's way of learning patience, you know, patience. I'm not patient at all. Mm-hmm. I'm learning. I'm learning a lot, right? And saving is important if you are doing a full money management thing, right? You listen to your Dave Ramsey's and some of your other financial guru people, and they'll say you need to have enough liquid money, like in a savings account, right? if an emergency happens or a layoff happens or something like that, like that's important. But then when you're like, it's time to get rich because my emergency fund is full, like mm, saving ain't the way to do that. And you need to learn the thing so that you can uh, get good at it. This is true. And accept that you're going to make mistakes along the way because I'm still kicking myself. You're going to kick yourself all the way through this episode. I'm going to just watch it happen. <laughs> you supposed to comfort me. You my friend. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying. Oh, I could have had that money. It's fine. It's fine. Okay, okay. So I did want to ask a question and I'll probably just go ahead and answer it first. Do we spend money any differently now that we have gone ahead and started being fancy investor peoples. So for me, Dr. Theo always jokes that I am a frugal person because look, I will be looking at something on Amazon and I'll be like, nope, that's not in the budget. And he'll be like, but you have the $10, $10. And I'll be like, nope. 
not this month, maybe next month, probably not next month neither, because I've been living without it and I don't need it. So I've always been that way because I do like to just have my money. I don't care about the things. I just like to have the money. But I definitely have learned enough about investing and making money to where I feel a little bit more, and probably because I'm a little further along in my career now, right? Like I feel comfortable doing things that I normally would completely deprive myself of. So I'll go places like on vacations with my friends sometimes. I won't do it a lot because again, that's my money. It belongs in the bank or in my investments. But I will go out sometimes because I do understand how to make money. So it doesn't scare me to spend it. Um, it doesn't scare me to put something on like a credit card and pay it off over a couple months, right? Like those things don't scare me anymore because I am learning about money. So I saw this meme today that said, I am living squarely between I need to save money for my future and YOLO. And that is absolutely true. So yeah, that's where I am with things. With things, I actually am a little bit looser with my money. Not a lot, just a little bit. A money floozy. <laughs> you so silly. I'm a little bit, just a tiny bit looser with my money now that I understand it a little bit better. And it there's like a lot less fear around not having anymore. But again, that's a function of me, all of the financial education, plus being further along in my career as well. So I'll tell you. I think one of the the things that scared me the most when I first started dealing with like my own account, right, was I never really felt like I knew what the bill was going to be. Like I always felt like it was a guessing game, right? And I think what was what's been great for me is that now I can have so many things not necessarily automated, but in a subscription format so that the cost is the same, right? And so if I can't afford that thing this month, I can cancel it or I can put it on hold, right? So for me right now, I'm using a food delivery service for uh, for fresh meals to be delivered to my home, right? And so I know like my food budget used to fluctuate. It was up here this time, down there the next month, right? And so for me, using this service allowed me to stabilize my budget. But I can say every month, you know, I got this amount of meals every two weeks, right? That's this amount in my budget, right? And so for me, like that gave me like some peace of mind, right? So things like that were helpful for me. But unlike Dr. Jackie, if a good time came up, I was about to be in there no matter what. I was like, look, I was the one that was going to split the cards and be like, look, <laughs> these three cards, we going somewhere, right? And then I would figure it out, right? Because I would have the money, but it would be separated in different places or like it wasn't convenient. So now I found some convenient ways to not only save and categorize my money using some different systems, but I think those two things have helped me to really think about my money better, right? Just putting things on a structure or a system and then like knowing what's going in and out if I'm going back to the very beginning of my, my money mentality. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, your food budget is a thing. Because I swear, I don't think I've ever told you this, but I used to think you was rich. I was like, he must be rolling in it. He be spending so much money on food. (laughs) Who has money for food like that? Oh, I was poor back in the day. (laughs) Look, I mean, food was my greatest cost, right? I wasn't really doing other things. Like, I wasn't going out and I don't really buy jewelry like that or. I switch up my wardrobe mm-hmm. once every like five to ten years. No, no, I got some different. Hey, you don't tell the people about my five to ten year wardrobe. We gonna <laughs> take this out. Yeah, we not. It's fine. It's probably gonna stay. <laughs> it's gonna stay. But I've even found some ways to do that where it fits my budget mm-hmm. in a better way, right? And so I think that as you grow in your job, in your career, you know, as a person, your money thoughts are going to change. You'll put priorities against different things, but ultimately you'll find a system that works for you. But the key is knowing, right? Like this whole time, like Dr. Jackie can tell you, you know, what's in her various accounts, what accounts she has and those type of things. And so I know for me for a long time, like I was even fearful to know I don't want to open that that envelope. Mm. It might say I have something. It might say I don't have nothing at all. I'm not sure, right? And so it's taken me a while to be able to be comfortable with knowing, right? G.I. Joe said knowing is half the battle. And uh, that that was almost the whole thing for me, right? And Dr. Jackson said, G.I. Joe, I didn't watch that. It was my my little pony. It was My Little Pony and Care Bear, but go ahead with your G.I. Joe. But anyway, people, we <laughs> talked about, we, we making sense. We are. Yes. All right. I'm going to move us forward. So starting points. So we are, you pointed it out like right after I gave my, what is your investment journey, Jackie type talk? You were like, Jackie just threw out all these words. People don't know what an IRA is. What is a stock brokerage account, right? Like, I did throw out a lot of things. And we're actually not going to spend time here defining them. Because we're rude. (laughs) Not because we're rude, but because we want you to go get the education. And we don't want this podcast to be a million years long. So let's talk starting points. If you want to understand what those things are and follow some advice, like pick one thing, learn a lot about it and go for it, right? Where do you start? Do you want me to um go ahead with my thoughts on starting points or do you want to go first? I don't got no starting points. I'm starting behind the eight ball. I don't even know. <laughs> I'm taking notes right now. Okay, except you already got started, so you don't count right now. But for the listeners... So I think a first step should have two elements and then you can move forward from there. You should find a game like cash flow or a stock simulator. So I was going to talk about this a little bit earlier, but I didn't get a chance to. Um, So the stock simulator is like a game. You can go in your Apple store or your Google Play store and just look up stock simulator. And a lot of them will give you something like $10,000 of free money, but you're playing the real stock market. So your personal money is safe and you can, you know, play around with the stock market as you feel comfortable and see what your returns are. 
And sometimes you make a lot of money and you feel sad that you didn't actually put your real money in there. But sometimes you lose it all and you're real happy that you learned that lesson, right? So I would find a game so that you could get started with investing right away and keep your money safe until you understand enough to get into the game with some of your real money if you are anything like me and don't like parting with that money. And then second, while you're playing this game, you also want to find a book, a class, a financial advisor to help you understand what a good financial portfolio looks like for you and for your goals. Not just like, oh, everybody should have this. Like, no, 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 no. Like for you personally, what does your retirement look like? What do your short-term financial goals look like? And the right book, class, or advisor will help you figure out what these goals are, even if you don't understand what is possible if you pick the right one. So look through the library. I'm a big fan of the library because I don't like to pay for the books. I shouldn't have said that. It's fine. So then a second good step is to figure out how your your spending habits and money-making activities can either help you or hurt you as you are trying to reach your goals. Because again, you can have all the fancy knowledge you want, but if you are blowing your money every weekend on doodads, learn, read that Rich Dad, Poor Dad book. He talks about doodads. If you're blowing your money every weekend on doodads, you're not going to get anywhere. And then I just want to point out that if you work with first-generation students or first-generation alumni, you might want to call me. I have a presentation that helps them think about wealth building. I've done it for several groups of first-gen students as well as first-gen alumni. And people have come out the woodworks years later to tell me all kinds of things like they'll come and show me their stock portfolio that they just started and they're super proud because they got a couple stocks in there. Or people will tell me I helped them get into the mindset that they needed to have so they could finally save the money for the house that they just bought, right? So people come up to me and all kind of stuff. So if that's a group that you serve and you think I could be helpful, holla at your girl. I'm going to take the time to to shout out a couple people, some fellow Trojans that are doing things in the money space. I'll share them as, as recommendations. One, the money maven herself, Patrice Washington, amazing author has awesome books, talks about real money answers for both men and women. She has multiple books. She's been featured on the Steve Harvey show and done other things as well. But she's an excellent resource in terms of how to start, how to build, and how to get stronger, which is amazing. I also want to shout out one of my former students recently, Michael, who put out an amazing company called Perch Credit helps folks build credit while they're in college, right? When you have no credit, you can't often do some of the things that you want to do in this world. And so you want to make sure that you know what Perch Credit is doing to help build credit for those that don't have it. And then lastly, I'll say one of the things that I would say is to start small, right? And so starting small with your your growth, right? And you build upon that. So maybe you start saving a little bit more than you did before. 
and you put those savings aside for investment, right? Mm-hmm. I know for me, I have some uh, younger cousins, some nieces and nephews, and they don't like me anymore because I started to give them stockpile gift cards and stockpile <laughs> it is the gift card that's based off of stocks. They're like, we don't want this. We wanted the PS5, right? And I'm like, well, didn't you want ownership in the Sony instead? And they're like, I don't understand ownership yet. I'm small, right? <laughs> but it may be a little bit soon for them, but it helps with parents to help them put their kids in a mindset of of ownership and learning what other types of opportunities are, right? So sometimes it's not about the stuff. It's about what you can do as a business owner, as a person that knows how to double their money, those type of things. So I think those are some suggestions of where I would start. Mm. And and I think the last suggestion, if we hadn't given them enough props in this episode already, is to start that free trial with Better Investing, get an amazing membership for free. Mm. I think it's it's a month of free membership, something around there. Something like that. A month or two weeks. I don't know. But the complete membership for the year is what you would blow on brunch, which is like a hundred bucks. And I know y'all do that on a, just a few drinks and, and a dinner. So go out there and become a member and make that thing happen. Oh, I think one thing we didn't mention about better investing is that you can be an individual member without a club or you can be part of a club. So. If you're one of those people that don't like group assignment, then maybe just an individual membership to start is a good look for you. But those people in the clubs, they they be knowing what they're talking about and they they will give up the game freely. Whereas one of my favorite philosophers said, we be clubbing. <laughs> what? <laughs> we be clubbing. So That's that cute. Anyway, y'all, this has been an amazing episode for me throughout this whole episode has been interesting for me to just have the time to reflect on what I've done while I'm telling you what to do. Mm-hmm. But please believe I'm no financial advisor. Better go talk to a financial advisor and get your money right. So with that, I'm going to say that we'll see you on the next one. We're excited to see what the next episode holds. And as always, stay motivated and rise together. See ya. We out. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Remember, the way we build social capital is to build self and build others. We are sure you got some notes on your tablet, computer, or even using a pen and paper. Leave us a review, continue the conversation on social media at Black Social Cap, and share the show with someone you know. Until the next episode, stay motivated and rise together. Social Capital.